Jukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. On the line is our man Stink, Mark Slareth, NFL Insider. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin too, guys. And Mark is also the host of the Stinking Truth podcast covering the entire NFL. Make sure you check it out, guys. Only Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Stink. Crazy wild card weekend. Mike and I were just talking about the games that, that, you know, the teams that really jumped out at us. And we were talking about the Packers, obviously, and the Texans. I want to start with the Texans. I'm not sure if you called or how many games you called this year and you saw C.J. Stroud. I think you, you called a few, and we've talked about it through the course of the season. Why is this thing working like it is for the Houston Texans, Stink? Well, I think one is you're talking about a kid that's incredibly mature, way beyond his years. He's got an old soul about him. I think, two, that kid grew up playing under center. And I think one of the things about playing under center, and people don't give enough credit to this, is the footwork that has to be established in all of your drops, all the footwork. And they always say this in the West Coast offense, your feet, you, you throw the ball with your feet. So the timing of the offense is held in the quarterback's feet. And when you spend the entirety of your life in Pop Warner and gun, in seven-on-seven seven camps, in shotgun all through college, and then all of a sudden you get into the NFL, the timing of the routes and route combinations and your feet aren't aligned. So it's impossible to be on time and accurate with the football. It's impossible. And what ends up happening is you get into the NFL – and what was completely covered in college is wide open in the NFL. And if your feet aren't right and they don't time right to the offense, it's impossible to be accurate. And so most of these quarterbacks that come out have never played under gun. Like, I mean, excuse me, under center. Like your own Des Ritter in Atlanta. He, he never played under center. And anytime he goes from one side of the field to the other side of the field, you can see how inaccurate he becomes when he has to move across a progression. And so these are, these are things that happen. So when C.J. Stroud came in, he spent about 50% of his time in high school he was under center, and Pop Warner he was under center. In college, about 50% of his time or so, 40% of his time under center, and always worked on his footwork. And then Bobby Slowick is the offensive coordinator. He comes in puts in the Kyle Shanahan West Coast offense, and the rest is history. It's just timed up, but it wasn't great early. Like, in OTAs and stuff, they'll tell you it was, you know, a work in progress, and there were times when he really struggled early. But he's smart. He uh, makes great decisions with the football. He doesn't play a whole lot off schedule. And when he does half the time that he's off schedule, he's just throwing it away and saying, hey, man, I'm not going to put the ball in harm's way. So that's the thing about CJ is, He's just mature beyond his years and is an incredible young man, an incredible young player, no question about it. It's our weekly visit with Stink, man, Pro Bowler, Hall, uh, again, Super Bowl winner, should be a Hall of Famer. Mark Slaris with us, guys. Okay, from the good, which is C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love, to what the hell was Dak doing, Mark? And we, I, I know we don't like to use the choke word around too much, but, man, big moments, you gotta, you got to be better than that. Yeah, no question. I mean, this is, it's the Dallas Cowboys, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, go back to <laughs> you, you go back to you go back to the Stinky Truth podcast. I believe it was September second when I said on the podcast and it got picked up nationally. It's going to be the same Cowboys. You know what? They're going to be great during the regular season. They'll be get they'll get in the playoffs, and then they will take a dump in their helmet. I used a different word, but they'll take a dump in their helmet <laughs> as soon as the playoffs start. 
that's that's who they are and you know like just an absolute front-running you know bunch of bunch of guys and that's and a lot of that i think goes on to jerry jones i think i think it's impossible to have success without the right structure and jerry jones you know is that guy that if you don't like what's going on you circumvent the head coach and you go straight to the owner's box and that can't be organizationally. That's a failure. And when you hire a coach, you know, it's one thing to hire a coach. It's another thing to empower a coach. And nobody over there is empowered because Jerry Jones is a guy that give me one other general manager or owner that's doing biweekly radio shows and everything else. Like <laughs> there is not, a, there's not another guy. And so it just, it comes one of those things where as a player and players are like, like I was a player, so I understand how this works. We're like children, right? And you're going to test the limits when you get a substitute teacher. What do you do? You test the limits, right? When when you know when mom is gone, you test the limits with dad, and vice versa. And the problem is, is that Jerry Jones is is a guy that you know circumvents the circumvents the power or the lack thereof of the guy he appoints a head coach, and that that's. That, to me, will never work. That structure won't work ever. Insider Calls brought to you by Old Spice, gentlemen's blend body wash, providing exfoliation plus 24-7 moisturizer uh, because men have skin, too. We're talking to Stink, Mark Schlereth, our guest here, as uh, we're broadcasting live from Mercedes-Benz Stadium with Atlanta United getting underway today. More on the Falcons' head coaching search. Stink, I want to ask you uh, about why the Eagles looked so inept last night. Like, what, what's the problem? And Nick Sirianni, you know, obviously is on the hot seat. People in Philly are saying, you know, uh, he should be fired. What went wrong with the Eagles who have all the personnel in place? Yeah, right. Start 10-1. and one. And, you know, you look at the changeover in coordinators. Well, you would have thought that would have been a bigger issue early in the year. And they start 10-1 and one and, you know, and they've just fallen apart ever since. And they're certainly – it just feels like there's a turd in the punch bowl over there because they're, they're – like you saw – you saw Dallas Garner, and it looked like he and and uh, Jalen Hurts were kind of in an argument there on the sideline. Which, hey, listen, man, that happens. You know, you get the heated arguments occasionally on the sideline. I think we've all been there before. But to certainly finish the season the way they finished the season, there's something there's something going on there. And and one of the things that's going on, and I will tell you, um, you know, Nick Sirianni hired. Uh, Shane Steichen to be the offensive coordinator. Shane Steichen, every, every he's now, of course, the Indianapolis uh, Colts head coach. But everybody that I've talked to that has played for Shane Steichen, all says they all say the same thing. Shane Steichen takes an offensive concept and boils it down to his essence and makes it easy. And I think one of the things that that's happened is Jalen Hurts had a lot of success. They were one of the top teams. In football, running the, foot, uh, running the football, a lot of quarterback design run, a lot of RPO game, and a lot of that was taken out of the offense. They ran the ball two times early in that game, and, and I think they got converted a first down with Swift. And then they did not run the ball again until there was until it was 11 minutes left in the second quarter. That, that was the third carry of the game. And I just look at that going, what are you guys – like you were the number one rushing team in football – and that's like a skill that has to be worked on. It has to be developed, and you have to have a commitment to that. So there's one thing, like there's there's one thing I always say this about offensive coordinators. 
there's some guys who call an offense and there's other guys who call plays. And I just feel like that's a football team that they just started calling plays, both sides of the ball, offense and defense. And there was never – it never felt like there was a real feel for what your players do well. You know, there was never a real feel there. And and it also felt to me like they were trying to morph into something that they haven't been on the offensive side of the ball. Like, hey, we're going to develop this and we're going to take – first to the next level as opposed to just continuing to press into the things that he does well. And that's, I mean, that's just kind of the way I felt about how they played this whole season, especially during this losing streak. Mm. Yeah, man, uh, it just looked like uh, the move to Patricia, I think Roy Eggman said, it looked oh. like it, it smacked of desperation. Mark Slaritz with us, guys, here on the WaitFor.com hotline. What do you make of the Dolphins? I mean, couldn't really beat the better teams this year. And I, I know that uh, going into Kansas City, it was just, man, and it, Pat, we'll get to Patrick Mahomes and what they're going to do in Buffalo in a second. But what do you do with Tua, by the way? I mean, is this kind of – do you believe in Tua if you're the Dolphins franchise moving forward? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think you know, there's so – it's so limited from the quarterback position. And there are some things that Tua does really well, um, you know, and, and obviously they didn't do them. Um, they didn't do them in that game against Kansas City and, you know, in, in pretty extreme conditions. Um, and, I, you know, I look at that like, hey, tough. Like, everybody's got to play in the cold. Uh, it's, that's no excuse. I, I just yeah. – I don't know what it is about the Miami Dolphins. There's, there just feels like there's a lack of toughness. There's a lack of – you know, it's almost like, hey, we're going to be so finesse and we're going to be like, we're going to be, you know, this so dynamic on the offensive side of the ball, which is great until it's not great. Like, I, I always look at offenses like you cannot throw yourself back into a rhythm. You, got, you can't finesse yourself back into a rhythm when you're out of sync offensively. You got to line up and you got to run it down people's throats. And they ran the ball well, but most of their runs are perimeter runs. You know, they're all toss, toss, crack stuff. You know, they're all just using our speed and athleticism to get outside. And when that stuff gets shut down and you don't have what it takes inside to really, to really just impose your will on people, and then you're out of rhythm throwing the football, you got issues. And, like, every time they played a good team, and the good teams just shut their butts down offensively. Like, they're putting up record numbers early, and then they start playing some good teams, and it's like they can't move the football. And that's a, that, for me, is a lack of kind of physicality and toughness because you're so skilled you never have to lean on it. Stink, before we let you go, can Kansas City go on the road and win in Buffalo? This will be the talk this week, guys, and that is Patrick Mahomes. It's really incredible when you think about it. Has never played a road game in the playoffs. It's either been at home or Super Bowl. Can they go on the road and beat Buffalo? Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any question they can. Now, it's going to be tough, but, like, Patrick Mahomes has never had a better defense. Like, Kansas City's never had a better defense than the one they have right now. So that's, you know, a feather in the cap of Kansas City. And then Mahomes is really starting to develop a relationship with Rice. Those guys have been on the same page here the last couple of weeks, last three or four weeks. They were great again on Sunday. Obviously, Kelsey still does his thing. And when they run the ball like they ran it with Isaiah Pacheco, um, mm. they're going to be they're going to be tough to beat. So, yeah, that should be that should be a tremendous game. Um, by the way, like just on a side note, like, uh, we're supposed to be concerned with player safety, right? 
Yeah. Like, how does a guy play three or four more plays with his helmet completely fractured and broken? Right. 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 <laughs> Riddle. And they don't. Right. They don't pull him pull him out of the game. Like, like my day player safety wasn't a concern. I broke my helmet in uh, in Green Bay in the frigid cold once, and I just threw it to the sideline, and they threw me another one that was about four sizes too big, and I played like a bobblehead for the next four <laughs> plays. But but I'm watching this. How does the officials not stop the game? Like, how does nobody – How does that, that thing is broken. There's a huge hunk out of it. Like, that can't protect – how do we let three or four more plays go on before – like? And then he goes to the sideline after they score or kick a field. I can't remember if they kicked the field goal or scored on that one. But then they go to the sideline, and then they get him a new helmet. Like, I, that's suspect, man. That's just a, that that yep. one is really suspect. No doubt. Stink, Great we point. appreciate you, man. It's going to be a fun divisional weekend coming up. Odyssey NFL insider Mark Schlaff. Insider calls brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Stink, thanks again for stopping by, brother. You got it. Take care, guys.